buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode of Sales Hustle. I've got a fantastic guest for you today. I've got Brad Email, and he is, I'm telling you guys, he is a sales badass. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Brad on a number of occasions. He's got a new podcast that he's going to tell you guys about, and he's going to bring nothing but sales fire so that you can up your sales game. Brad, welcome to Sales Hustle. How are you doing? Awesome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad to, to uh, have you on. And uh, I've had the experience and had a few conversations and have learned some things myself. So uh, I'm very excited for you to share some of your wisdom with all the sales hustlers out there tuning in. Uh, but before we get started, just give us the short version of your story um, and how you got into sales. Well, I was born to sell. That's for sure. I'm five years old, my mom sent me off to kindergarten and I came back without my school supplies. And she said, where are all your school supplies? I said, I don't have any of them, but here's a bunch of cash. <laughs> she was like, well, you got to go back tomorrow. I was like, I got to go back. I didn't know I had to go back to kindergarten. Um, so I've just always sold. I've just I've been obsessed with people, been obsessed with ideas. I love scaling and growing businesses. I, my number one strength is ideation. So I always have a million ideas on how to grow a company. That's just like my obsession. My obsession is people and scaling businesses. Interesting. All right. So let's go back a little bit. So you, you sold your school supplies. Uh, what, what, what was, what were you thinking as a kid? Like what, what made you think that was a good idea? (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's always a way to make money. And I think I can't, I can't step into the shoes of my five-year-old self, but I'm sure my (laughs) five-year-old self just walked in, saw a massive opportunity, uh, parents sending them off to school with lunch money and milk money and all that good stuff. And I just saw opportunity, sold my school supplies and made some money. Yeah. Hey, why not? Um, I, you know, I started early myself, but not quite that early. Um, (laughs) You know, I, 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 personally, you know, grew up, uh, pretty poor, you know, we were on food stamps and government cheese and, you know, if, and I played sports and if I wanted new shoes and, you know, for just lack of, just basically fear of being made fun of, um, you know, if I wanted new shoes, I had to be creative, you know, uh, cause it was a struggle just to pay the rent. 
Um, so, you know, I started early on in, in, but, but not quite that early. So let's, let's, let's dig in to, you know, what you, you, you said that you really enjoy working with startups and, and you have a lot of great ideas and I'm guessing those are all fueled by sales and just walk me through some of the frameworks that you teach folks. Well, I was very fortunate. So I had, I got all my talent from my mother. So, and I'm the least shy person in the world. I used to walk up to people at the park and say like, Hey, I'm Brad. This is my mom, Donna. This is my mom, my father, Marvin. I've never been shy, but I also uh, grew up in an environment where my dad's mission in life was to teach people how to sell specifically people that had no talent that didn't know mm -hmm. how to sell. So he wanted to get into sales because he wanted to be a father because he grew up without one. And that became his mission. So he said, sales is going to provide me the most free time and it's going to make money to provide for my family. So not only did I get a, a lot of talent from my mother, I was able to learn a systematic approach to sales. My dad read over a thousand books on sales and a thousand books on human psychology and combined that knowledge and created a sales system. Um, but the place I always start with is mindset. If I go into a company and I'm there to grow that company, nine times out of 10, it's a culture or a mindset mindset problem. Mm. Like there's not an obsession. There's not a focus. There's not a, um, they just aren't cutting through the, the BS and doing exactly what they need to do, which is collect the check, drive revenue. They think they confuse activity with results way too much. So that's the first thing I always do is like, where's the culture? Where's the mindset? What do we need to break through? Where do we, what do we need to shift within that organization? To help I, I love, I love that you brought that up because I am, you know, I just had a conversation with my good friend, Jason Cutter today, who wrote a book, uh, Authentic Persuasion. And, and we were talking about a lot of the, you know, top of funnel sales activities, right? Um, and, you know, I'm a big believer that the first step before anything is your mindset. And, you know, if your mind isn't right, you're not going to perform. You know, and, and, and so I, I think that a lot of people, do, you know, need to know all the sales hustlers listening, like taking care of yourself personally is a big contributor to how you perform professionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, look at Richard Branson. He, he says the most important thing in scaling an organization is exercise. He said, fear is a physical state. It's a, it's just the way you feel. So he, every morning at five, no matter what, no negotiating exercises, does some form of exercise to get himself in that state. And that in turn gets you in that mindset that you need to have to go take action and the right action, which is to grow the company. Yeah. Yeah. And it even goes beyond that, right? Like having a good routine that gets you in that mindset before you show up to be your best self as a sales professional and, and exercise is one, you know, uh, eating healthy, getting enough sleep, you know, taking care of yourself personally, mentally, emotionally, um, you know, what, so, what you're taking in, like, are you sitting around watching the news all day and just, you know, full of negativity? Are you surrounding yourself around the people that are, you know, complaining about the comp plan and how the manager sucks? You know, it, what are you surrounding yourself about? What are you taking in, in order to perform at the highest levels? So, mm -hmm. so walk me through, I mean, Wow. I mean, I can't believe that your, your, your father read that many books on sales and psychology. So I, I just I, I, tell me, I don't even know where to start. 
but let's talk about the book, what sort of, you know, things that you're teaching people, what, you know, have you, have you taken from the book that, that, that still works today? And, and let's just dig into that stuff. Well, I was, I was very fortunate, like I said, because I got to see that sales, there's a systematic approach to sales. There's a systematic approach to human psychology. There's a systematic approach to human influence. It's really that simple. So a lot of people get scared of sales um, because they think it's, I'm not a natural born salesperson. I can't go out there and make it. But if you have a systematic approach to sales, you can influence almost anybody. Um, and I just, it's just been ingrained in my sub subconscious forever at 18. My first job at a college was to train over 4,000 salespeople around the entire planet from Australia to France to the, all the popular cities in the States, everything you can imagine. And it was just very, very, very untalented salespeople um, that weren't that natural personality. Um, and it was an internet marketing franchise called WSI. We simplify internet. They had about, like I said, about 4,000 internet consultants around the world. So it was a very, at the time, internet was seen as a nerdy thing. So it was a lot of introverted people a lot of like uh, technical people, a lot of tech people, computer software company that had never had sales experience. Mm. So I would have to coach them once a week and say, no, it's a systematic approach. They were in this state, you use this technique. If they're in this physiological state, you use this technique. And as I coached them through, these ICs would have, you know, go from zero to revenue to half a million in revenue, to a million, to a million and a half in revenue. And it was some of the least talented salespeople you've ever had. So that was. So, so there's some, there's some people that think like you either have it or you don't. And you're saying that's not true. Like it's a systematic approach. And once you know what that is and you can, you know, learn that somebody who's horrible at sales or has no experience in sales can be very successful in sales. 1000%. I think it's, you know, look at Steve Jobs. I mean, he has, um, he has a natural charisma about him. But he knew what exactly it took to cut through the BS and how to influence that people uh, that person. And he did it the same way almost every single time. Um, and yeah, one 100%. If you think you have no sale. I'm not saying like it should be your purpose and your mission. If you're naturally an introverted person mm -hmm. to go out and get a sales profession, sales career and be out there all the time, because that may not make you fulfilled. But I can 1000% guarantee you if you have you think you have no sales talent whatsoever, you can become a rock star salesperson guaranteed within 90 days, 90 days guaranteed. It's, we used to call it the six, the six phases of E. So it's six weeks. So it's when, when I, like, like I said, trained over 4,000 salespeople, the first two weeks they would ride meetings with me. They wouldn't say a word. They would just watch as I followed the system, followed the system, the followed the system, followed the system. After two weeks after that, they would, they would interject a little bit within the meeting and try to apply the system. And then two weeks of me observing and then the the final two weeks they're they're on their own so that's eight weeks and after that eight weeks they've got enough activity 
where they become a rock star salesperson within 90 days. And I'm telling you, it it happened with the most talented salespeople I'd ever coached. And it's happened with the least talented salespeople I've ever met. If they followed the system, they became rock star salespeople within 90 days. Hmm. Okay. And so what are some of the let's let's dig into the system a little okay. bit. So where do, where do we start? Where do we start with well, the sales system that you're teaching folks? Anytime you go out there and sell, you have to know every the least respected profession in the world is a salesperson, a used car salesperson. People hate to be sold. They love to buy, but they hate to be sold. So you got to know going into that meeting, going into that pitch, subconsciously, they don't do it on purpose. They're not like, I hate your guts, but subconsciously, they hate your guts. So you have to know that. So there's, I have about 60 different ways I develop rapport to overcome that resistance. Mm -hmm. And it's through the subconscious. So you got to, you can give them a gift because people subconsciously love Santa Claus. It's really freaking weird how simple this is, but you can watch somebody that hates your guts, give them a gift, give them a compliment, uh, match and mirror their body language. And within two minutes, they, they, I'm, it's weird how well it works, how much they like you. And then they want to know, okay, what am I doing here? What is the agenda for mm -hmm. the meeting? So you gotta, you gotta relax them by making it crystal, crystal clear what the expectations for the meeting are. And that's a, that's such a crucial step that I think most people miss. It's, it's the easiest. It takes all of two minutes. Um, and it's interesting because you can, you can see if they're out of a motor resistance by setting that agenda. So if I say to you, Hey, what I want to do today is ask you a few questions, take that solution back to my team and see if we can provide a, uh, something that can help your company. And then you can say, how does that sound? If they say, that sounds stupid. I don't want to do that. Then you shouldn't go on with the meeting because they're in a motor resistance. They still hate your gut subconsciously. So don't move forward with the meeting. Mm -hmm. But if they say, that's, that's amazing. Let's do this. Then you can move forward with the meeting. And then from there, you want to discover what is their pain? Like, what are they suffering from? Andy Andrews says this the best. He goes, either everybody's either in a crisis, out of a crisis, or heading towards a crisis. To be an adult in the world we live in today, it's very difficult to not have had experienced some form of pain or suffering with the business or with whoever you're trying to sell at that time. So your job is to discover like, what is that? Like, what are you struggling with right now? What keeps you up at night? Not like, what is your biggest priority for 2021? Like, what are you <laughs> obsessed with right now? Like, what what can you not stop focusing and, on? And, and how important is that if it does or doesn't relate to what you do as it do as a seller, you know, like if they're paying what keeps them up, like how, you know, where do you go if that does or doesn't relate to what you do or how you can help them? Well, I mean, that's a tough question because I don't think you should be out there selling or prospecting or telling the world what your idea is unless you 1000 believe 1000% believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're in that state where you're so obsessed with the value you can provide the marketplace, then the chances of you being on the phone with an unqualified prospect is very, very, very low. 
Well, what I mean, maybe let me reframe the question, right? So you go on a sales call, whether it's in person, virtual, over the phone, and you know you're you're making the conversation about them, right? Through through your 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 uh, your prospecting, right? And um, you know, are you asking you know questions like you know you know what sort of crisis, what's keeping them up, what's their biggest problem right now? that's not always a hundred percent going to relate back to what you do as a business. So how do you, where do you go from there? If you know, what you do is not the biggest priority or is not, you know, something you can solve for them. What, can you give me an example? Yeah. So like, for example, right. I run a UCAS business, right. If somebody say, Hey, what's the biggest problem right now? And they're like, Oh, you know, disaster recovery and backup is our biggest concern because we got hit with ransomware. And I can't solve that for them. Mm-hmm. Right. But it at least gives me an idea of like, what's their priority. I'm making the conversation about them. Therefore it's important. And it's showing that I actually care to even ask. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think where a lot of people fall short and, you know, this is something I talk about often is, you know, people only go to the pain. Oh, that's your pain. That's your problem. Great. I have the solution. Right. And that's not enough. You got to figure out like what, how does it impact their, how does it impact their business? How does it impact their their uh, department, how does it impact them personally, right? You got to find out not just the problem or the pain, how, what's the impact of not fixing that? Because mm-hmm. that's what really drives the sale forward. Yeah, it's, I like to call it like uh, the, the seven whys. Uh, I don't know where I got this from, but I read it in a book. Like what you're basically describing is a salesperson that hasn't gone far enough to me. Mm. So they stop at, okay, my biggest, your biggest frustration was the, you know, malware, you're getting hacked, whatever exactly it was. And they stop there and then they go right to the solution. Yeah. I like to say like, why is that your biggest problem? Mm. And then they answer, oh, it's because of this, this, and this. I go, well, why is that affected you so badly? And then they go, well, this, this, and this, and this. I said, well, why is it still affecting you? What was this, 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 Do they this. ever say, why are you still asking me why? <laughs> yeah, all the time. But that, that just means they're back in resistance. So you got to go back to developing rapport. Mm. And then you lower the resistance and then you just go back to the why. So anything can be, over, be overcome if you know how to always go back to rapport. So, yeah, people get really uncomfortable. But if you go back to rapport, you can just go back to your why and just say, well, what if it doesn't change? Like, what if your business does not fix this issue? And right. they say, well, oh my God, I, I don't know what I would do. Those are the going deep questions that most people don't ask. The best. And, and, and what happens, here, here's the why if you're not doing that. If you're not doing that, that's why you keep having a pipeline that's not even realistic. You have deals in there that have no business ever being in your pipeline because you didn't qualify them properly, you know, and, 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 and going through this process is equally as important for you as a seller as it is for them, right? Because or do you want to spend time with this prospect? Are they going to go along this journey of change? Cause nobody wants to be sold. Nobody wants to change. It's uncomfortable. And you got it. You're doing yourself as a seller a disservice if you're not going deep in asking these type of questions. Yeah. I've had meetings where I've asked 50 plus questions. 
Um, it, it, I, when I feel like a prospect is out of, I mean, this is way before digital, way before the internet that we live in. But if I felt like there wasn't a big enough need, I just have to keep going deeper and keep going deeper. And the best way, the best advice I got was from my father on that. He said, you cannot be afraid to lose the sale. Yeah. If they're not willing to share everything that's going on within the organization, they're probably not a good prospect and not a good client. So you need to be able to walk away from that prospect or client. Um, and and then, I think I think where a lot of people could fall short with that is if they don't value their own time enough, right? If they don't value themselves as a seller, right? Because your time is valuable. You know, a lot of people are just, you know, used to just, you know, bending over for the prospect or just taking the sale because, you know, it looks like maybe, maybe it's possibly a good prospect or maybe you can half-heartedly help them. Um, but it's equally important for you that you focus your time and your energy on the people that really do need and want and value your time or what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely a lock, lack of prospecting, um, which in the world we live in today, if you are short of prospects, you're really not <laughs> sorry to be mean about this, but you're being really freaking lazy. Like, sorry, like, you're not thinking of an innovative blogging strategy. You're not thinking of an innovating podcasting strategy. You're not thinking of an innovative social strategy, a content marketing strategy. You're not giving enough value out in the marketplace to generate leads. So if you're, or you're just not putting in the good old fashioned hard work. Exactly. It, you know, it, all of those things you mentioned are great. Um, but I'm still a believer. Like the phone is the best tool. You know, if you're not using the phone, like, why are you even in sales? Yeah, my friend, he's a, a really good friend of mine, uh, David Dean. He built a company, took it public, sold it. He had about 83,000 doctors uh, paying about 8,500 a year. Um, and doctors are the most difficult people in the world to sell. Oof. I mean, they're, yeah, it's they're hard enough just to reach them, just to get a hold of them, you know? Yeah. You got to so, be you got to be yeah. good at your craft to build a business like that. He's still to this day. He's like people that don't pick up the phone. Just like, are you kidding me? Like, especially now you could stand out so quickly just by picking up the phone because nobody does it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And now, especially with, you know, current situation and people working from home and remote, like people really want connection. You know, they're not around colleagues or at home. Maybe they live by themselves. Maybe they're just. You know, like people want to connect with people and, you know, we're seeing that like connection rates on the phone or have increased big I have time. A little, a little cold calling trick. If you want, want me to share with your guests. Yeah. Give it to us. So there was not a person in the world I could, couldn't get a meeting with. And I, I know that sounds cocky, but that we used to have this challenge, like, go get a meeting with this guy. And it does not matter. I could get a meeting with it. Um, it's, it's not as applicable today, but you could still apply it in a different way. All right. I'm going to take the top name off my dream list and I'm going to send it over to you after this. Uh, I'd be happy. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a challenge. I'll post it when I get the meeting. But um, it, I, I scaled my first business doing this. It was incredible. So, and again, something I got from my dad. Instead of call, uh, cold calling people to say, hey, are you interested in my internet marketing services? I would call them and say, hey, I just published this book on internet marketing. Would you mind if I dropped by and gave you the book and then got your expertise and advice on the book? 
And my, you know, I was making 20 cold calls a day, which wasn't a lot. I went from making 20 a day, getting one meeting to making five a day, getting three meetings. Mm. I love that you said that because there's, there's a big argument that a lot of people are in the sales professional you know, world are talking about, and it's about, you know, activity quotas, activity quotas, you got to, yes, you got to have activity, right? But results matter more than activity. I've seen some of the best, most successful sellers have the least amount of calls, <laughs> you know, and it. sales I, managers I, hate I, it. Sales man- managers it. hate it. VPs of sales hate it because, you know, they get, you got to hit, you got to make your dials. You're making, you, you know, you're, you're not setting an example, you know, all the reasons of what, like, but, you know, big activity quotas, they stress people out and, it has a negative effect because people just make dials to just hit the quota, right? You've, I'm sure you've seen it. People do it. People have admitted to doing it. You know, back in the back in the olden days, people would you know do things like call into you know today. You know, it's now twelve noon Pacific time just to get there. You know, they call in to see what time it is or call in when you used to call the movie theater uh, to see what movies were playing. You know, to get that phone time up. You know, peep, and people are still doing things like this today where they're just dialing and dialing just to hit that quota. And then somebody actually picks up and they freak out and fall out of their seat and hang up because they don't know what to say. Yeah, um, I think activity quotas are stupid, honestly. You look at like really talented salespeople. It, if you, there's an Asher Strategies, is one of the better sales personality assessments in the world. We've used four, uh, we literally have run 4,000 people through the assessment, but there's one thing on there that stands out above the rest. Well, three things. It's a uh, high social confidence. So I have a hundred percent social confidence. My wife has a hundred percent social confidence. We, we just get along with people and then it's low attention to detail. And then it's low, low, good impression. Cause you want a salesperson that's really coachable and is hungry and is eager and open to feedback. But why would you give an activity a, a quota to an extremely talented salesperson who has a very low attention to detail? To me, that's never made sense. Sales is simple because there's a scorecard. It, it, it's abundantly clear, clear if salespeople are winning the losing or losing the game. What yeah. is our revenue? Is our yeah. top line growing and are we profitable? If not, our salespeople suck. It's really that simple. Why complicate it with activity quotas? Yeah, yeah. And 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 then it goes it goes beyond that too, right? Because as a seller, your definition of winning versus your company's definition of you winning could be different. And if that gap is too big, then you got some problems. Yeah. You know, some people are comfortable with only making X amount of dollars a year, you know? That's and exactly and then sales mindset. sales managers or sales leaders are wondering, you know, why can't I get this guy to produce like everybody else? And they don't care. They're comfortable there. They are winning in their opinion. Yeah. And that's a whole nother conversation that we well, could probably back have. Culture and the culture and mindset shift. I want to, I want to know the whole culture and the whole mindset of the entire organization before I start working on the salespeople. So tell me, okay. So you've mentioned culture and mindset a few times, which I think are extremely important points. Where do you see, or what have you seen where people are going, you know, that where things are going wrong? with mindset and culture in an organization? 
Well, I think uh, I just, for whatever reason, I just got obsessed with uh, writing this ultimate sales guide. I spent just like two full days writing it. And it was all about how to train a rock star sales staff, like how to have the most badass sales staff. And I just couldn't stop writing. It was just like pouring out of me. And I think the big mistakes people are, are making is like, again, back to activity quota, people like salespeople are not robots. They're like, if you find a really good salesperson, typically they're going to have a massive personality. They're going to be ultra sensitive. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's the makeup of a salesperson. So if you're, you can create the most loyal, positive can do attitude salespeople that just go way above and beyond for the company, no matter who they are. If you just like take a little bit of time to develop that relationship with them, like mm. how you do today, how are you feeling today? Uh, there's a study published by the psychological board on USA Today uh, that the most emotional profession in the world is sales. There's no higher highs and there's no lower lows. So you, these, the sales staff you're going that you have is going through an emotional roller coaster every single day. If you're not checking in with them, encouraging them, understanding their what their challenges are and like what they're going through and really listening and empathetically listening, and developing a bond, I think your, your sales staff is going to be very, 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 very low on productivity. Oh, yeah, 100%. And what's even in just to kind of add to that, you can't manage everybody the same. Or you can't motivate everybody the same, right? I mean, different, different people care about different things. Some people like the, you know, spotlight, some people don't, some people have, you know, you, you got to know what drives them or what you, you need to use to, to motivate them. And what happens is what I've seen and, and I've talked to a lot of people about this is a lot of times the best seller becomes a selling man, becomes a manager or a selling manager, and they're not the best people to lead. They're not the best people to manage because they have their way that works for them. And they think, why can't everybody else just do it this way? And that's not necessarily, you know, going to work as far as, you know, people are different. Uh, you have the, you know, makeup that makes up a salesperson, but, you know, different people have different things that motivate them or drive them. Yeah. It's, have you heard of strength finders? I have not. It's a personality test. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, if you're a visionary CEO, I think if you buy the book, you can, you get this assessment for free. If you're like me, one of those like visionary gets excited about every single idea, like super passionate about going and building a massive company and you wanted to hire the perfect sales manager, the number one trait to look for if you uh, look at strength finders is individualization. Uh, so mm -hmm. the best sales managers, uh, are their number one strength is individualization, as, as long as it's in the top three. Um, one of the best sales managers I've ever trained in my life his number one strength was that, and he was so good about knowing what's going on in each salesperson's individual world. Yeah. And he could say the right thing at the right time to motivate that salesperson to increase their product productivity. Yeah. It's almost like you can tie it to, as an individual contributor, the way that you do discovery, you know, with your prospect, leaders should be doing that with the people they're managing to really fully understand what keeps them up at night. What, you know, what is their biggest problem? What are their goals? Where are they trying to go? And, you know, being able to use that to get them to go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the best combinations I've ever uh, had recently. We had about three weeks to get 
uh, half a million dollars in sponsorship sponsorships for an event. And it was a guy that I interviewed on my podcast yesterday. His name's Jared Yellen. He grew a company to 80,000 customers called Senduit, but he has mastered that individualization. And we were just like this freaking rock star team. And we did a million dollars in sponsorships in three weeks because I would go out and just create all the excitement, all the craze, be crazy and talk to anybody in every way. And, but he would know exactly what to do for that individual to close the deal. Um, mm. So I, I can't, I just think that's such a great combination. If you're really trying to scale as a visionary to find that person that you could, that has that strength of individualization. Or even just to find out if you are or aren't that person or if you have that trait or not. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Before I let you go, tell folks about your podcast. Tell them what you have for them and where they can find out more about what you're doing. Yeah, you can uh, look me up on the podcast. Let's be frank. Uh, we're on I iTunes, uh, Spotify. It's really intense, like brass tack interviews on how to get results really, really quickly, really, really fast that I started out of necessity, which is a whole nother story. But and then if you go to brademail.com and it's Brad com, there's starting now, there's just massive, massive, massive amounts of free sales content. There's an ebook right on our homepage that outlines the seven steps of our process. Um, that's the best place and, um, feel free to go there and read the blogs, read the eBooks, read the sales guide. I think that's the best place to, to, to achieve sales mastery. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brad, uh, sales hustlers. We will include all of those links in the show notes for you. Um, and thanks so much. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review and share it with your friends and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.